Good morning, everyone, and Merry Christmas again to each one of you, and uh, we're so glad that you're celebrating Christmas with us this year. If, if you're looking for a church home, pray this might be the right fit. If we've not had a chance to meet yet, I will be in the welcome area afterwards. Lisa will be out there also. We just love that opportunity to just say hello and get to know you. We're so glad that you're with us today. And uh, again, you know, I don't know about you, but Christmas has always been very, very special to me from Growing up in Jamaica, where Santa would come through the keyhole, no chimneys in Jamaica, <laughs> always dreaming of a white Christmas in Jamaica. Uh, and, but it's just had special memories for me. But I also know that it can be a tough time for us. You know, um, any of you who, like myself, have lost parents, you know, you, it's a season where you miss them. And, and uh, you know, there can be grief that goes with it. And, and some of us who've maybe even lost loved ones around this time, there's an association of perhaps sadness with that. Uh, um, a high school a friend of mine uh, just lost his wife a couple of days ago. And so, Kevin, if you're watching, blessings, we are praying for you. And, and uh, y- you know, the, the strange thing about our God is that he knows everything we go through. He knows the difficulties. He knows the joys. He knows the ups and the downs. And yet he has for, a- for us, not just at Christmas, but he gives us hope. He gives us peace. He gives us joy. All these themes of Christmas that we've been talking about over the last several weeks as we've been in this Advent season, they're for us. And they're not based on our circumstances. God says these things are for us today. You know, one of the traditions most of us have, and we do as well, is that we have a, a Christmas tree under which are presents. And uh, those of you who know me know that the last four years, our Christmas has been very different because we have a granddaughter who is now four years old. And so, uh, as, as Adam said last week when I asked, what is December 25th? He said, Monday. <laughs> and it's a Monday to us. It's a Monday. Uh, and we recognize that it, Jesus probably was not born on December 25th. We don't know the day he was born. But it is good to celebrate that. It's good to, to celebrate the reality that God became flesh in real time, in real space, in human history. The God who spoke and brought everything into existence tore through the fabric of space and time. He lived among us. He came as a baby, and, and we celebrate that. But part of that celebration, at least in, the, in Western culture, and certainly in our home, is we have the Christmas tree. There's, there's symbolism behind that, too, the symbol of life and the star reminding us of the, the magi that came a couple of years later. <laughs> you know, there are these traditions that we have. Uh, we have presents all underneath our tree right now. We'll open them not tomorrow, but next Saturday, which is going to be our Christmas. Uh, but the, the, the tradition of gift giving and receiving is, is, is one that I have really enjoyed. I, I never feel like I need anything. I think God has met every one of my needs. I don't really need anything, but I enjoy just the, the giving and the receiving. And right now, again, there are lots of presents under the tree. I, I think some of them have my name on it. I hope so. I hope there are at least a couple that have my name. Because I, I, I enjoy receiving. But right now, they're just wrapped boxes. They're not mine yet. They become mine when? Next Saturday. When I do what? What happens next Saturday? What am I going to do with those presents, Adam? I'm going to open them. I'm going to receive them as my own. And, and what I'm saying to us is that 
there are all these gifts that God has given to us, but we have to receive them. We have to receive them. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, we're going to be looking at a passage that most of us are quite familiar with, particularly at this time of the year, uh, from Luke chapter 2, as uh, Luke continues to describe some of the events of the, the birth of Christ, what we call the incarnation. We're going to be reading from verses 15 through 21. Uh, if you're able, could you stand for the, the reading of God's word? <clears throat> Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 15. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word containing what had been told them about this child. All who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God for his unchanging word. Lord, thank you that your unchanging word continually changes us and I pray this morning for each person here for those who may be watching online oh God that we would be changed that we would have a receptivity to what you want to give to us I believe Lord that you have a blessing for us this morning I pray God our hearts would be open to receive speak now through your servant I pray in Jesus name amen please be seated And he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. You know, the, the name Jesus, the, it's transliterated from the Greek word Yeshua, sorry, Jesus, which is then translated from the Hebrew Yeshua. And it means literally the Lord is salvation or the Lord saves. And so the angel had given him this name that was not just to speak to his birth, but to speak to... His ultimate purpose for coming for you and me, to bring salvation to us, to save us, to make us right with the Heavenly Father. From the very beginning of time when humankind sinned against man, God set in motion this plan to send Jesus, our Savior. And he has what comes with this great salvation. We've been talking about this over the last several weeks as we've been leading into this Advent season. And I would encourage you, if you've missed any of those messages, uh, all of them are available online uh, on YouTube, uh, on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, whatever your your podcast of choices. You can find it there. Just look it up. And and I'd encourage you to just listen through those as well. But we've been speaking about these great themes of the Christian faith that come uh, with this message of Christmas, of Christ's birth. We spoke of the hope that God has for us. This, uh, you know, this confident hope, not, not just a wishful thinking, but, but an assurance that the things that God has said, he will bring to fulfillment. He will bring to fulfillment. And, and the same Isaiah that prophesied the, the coming Christ he said these words in Isaiah 40, even youths grow tired and weary, 
And young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. There's a, a hope that God has for us, but we have to receive it. Life can get really weary, amen? But God gives us strength, and his strength is there for you today. If you're feeling weary right now, I pray this morning you'd receive that hope. We spoke of the the great peace. Jesus is described by Isaiah again as uh, the child who is born, the one who is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And as we've, we've spoken of the last few weeks, this, this peace that God has for us, it transcends understanding. It's not based on our circumstances. It's not just a matter of us getting everything to, together, removing all conflict, and then perhaps we will then have peace. He says, even in the midst of a storm, there's a peace that he has for you. But we have to receive it. We have to receive it. We saw last week, Uh, As we were reading the first part of this narrative from Luke chapter 2, in verse 10, it spoke of the angel speaking to these, these shepherds who were out you know, caring for their flock at night. Uh, We spoke of this last week, but shepherds were really a despised people because they could not enter into the temple because they were defiled according to the the Jewish law. But the angel said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy. That is another theme of the season. There's a joy God has for you and for me. And today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. And he says, glory to God in the highest and on earth, Peace, peace on those whose favor rests. A couple weeks ago, we spoke about the, the blessedness of giving. And most of us are familiar with that well-known scripture from John 3, 16. God so loved the world that he gave. His only begotten son, that whoever believes him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And, you know, the Christian journey is all about us becoming more and more and more like Jesus. And just as God is a giver, he calls us to be a generous people. And I want to say to you, church, how proud I am to be the pastor of this church. You responded so well to that message. And, you know, I was challenging you. There are those in our midst who, 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 who struggle at Christmas time. You know, I, I, again, I look at under my tree and I see all these gifts and I, I, I don't feel that there's a, a, a material need that I have. But there are those in our own spheres who are struggling. And you gave to that and we were able to bless several families in our church. You responded well. And I want to encourage that in us, that we are generous people. God gave and so we, as we become like him, we give. You know, the, it was Jesus who said, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Well, why is that? You know, I've, I've meditated that so many Why is it more blessed to give than it is to receive? Because that's the next level of blessing. You, you see, in order for you to give, you have to have already received. So, so there's nothing wrong with receiving. Receiving is a good thing. You've you got to receive if you're going to give. And if we're going to give, we've got to receive. You, you can't give what you don't have. 
But receiving is not a passive act. It's not just sitting back and just thinking it's going to happen. There are active steps that we have to do to receive. Just as I'm looking forward to opening those presents, I have to open them. I've got to receive them. I've got to take them. And I believe God has a blessing for you this morning that he wants you to receive. He wants you to receive. He wants you to receive that that peace and that joy and that, that hope and that generous spirit. He wants you to receive all of that. Let's go to our text for the day. It says in verse 15, When the angels left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that had happened that the Lord has told us about. Right? Now, what did, he, what, what, what did the Lord tell them about? Now, going back again to verse 10, The angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good, good news. I bring you great joy. And today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. That's what they told him. Told him. And it says in the next verse, it says in verse 16, So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. Now, you know, I was reflecting on this. And I think for us in 21st century North America, where I know we live in a farming community, and there are a number of you are farmers, but a lot of you are city folk like myself. You're not growing up around a lot of this. And yet we are familiar with the manger. At least the images of the manger. You know, a manger was a feeding trough. And, you know, I drive around my neighborhood. I see manger scenes. We've got a manger at our front door. We see them all over. And so I think we've become desensitized and we think the baby in the manger is a normal thing. But it's a really strange thing. It's a really strange thing to to find a baby in a manger, a feeding trough for animals. But, But this is exactly the symbol that they said, this is what you will see. And so if they're looking, going around looking for babies, okay, baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, that's pretty normal. But in a manger? It was really strange. But this is, and they came and they saw this. They, they saw exactly what the Lord had told them they would see through the angel. He spoke through them. And, and so they, they may well have just said, hey, that's a really strange thing, and have stayed where they were. This manger, this feeding trough for animals. Think about it, that this baby that was laid in this manger. He wasn't born in the manger, by the way. He was laid in the manger. <laughs> would later describe himself as the bread of life, the one who gives us life, who we feed on, who in him we have all things. But what what do we learn about receiving here? They would not have seen this if they didn't respond. So when, when God prompts you, act. Act on it. When God speaks to you, you hear that little voice, act on it. No, no, I recognize that this is a very inexact science, okay? You hear a little voice, and you say, is that God? Is it me? Is it, is, what is it? You know, if it's not contradicting God's word, if it's a good thing, just act on it. You know, I'm, I'm talking about that, 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 that prompting when a, a neighbor is going through a little bit of a crisis, and you just you hear this prompting, go and speak to this neighbor, I was late to church this morning on Christmas Eve. Why? Last night, my neighbor, somebody rammed his car and drove off. 
And so I, I was spending some time kind of talking with him about it. It was just a prompting. I, I just said, do it. God says do it. Uh, you know, you, know you, you, you have a prompting to, to send a thank you note to somebody who's done a kindness to you. Don't wait. Just do it. You, you get a prompting because a stranger comes up to you and says, could I have some money for gas? And no, I'm not saying that there isn't a place for proper discernment. But there's a, a difference between discerning and quenching the spirit. Thank you, Adam. To discern is to, to, to stop and say, does this make sense? Uh, is my, are my actions wise? Am I doing what I'm supposed to do? And there are times at which God may say, no, don't do anything. But if you have a prompting, act on it. Act. Don't wait. So four years ago, our Christmas changed because we have Ava, our little granddaughter. And so we don't do Christmas on Christmas Day anymore. We travel down to Atlanta or they come up here and it's going to be after Christmas. But it was four years ago to this day. It was a Christmas Eve service, and right afterwards, Maria, uh, our granddaughter, had just been born, and Maria was staying with, with Jasmine, our, our daughter, for a month, and I was batching at that time, just really struggling. But Matthew, my son, was living with us at the time, and so after the Christmas Eve service, we were heading down south. And we stopped at some little town in Tennessee, and uh, as we were gassing up, uh, I saw Matthew speaking to to this couple, and I just quickly walked away. And Matthew, I said, Matthew, what were they asking? He said, they were asking for some money for gas. And um, Matthew gave them what he had, which wasn't much. And I, I, he's telling me this as I'm pulling on to the ramp to get back on the highway. And the Spirit of the Lord just convicted me. I, I walked away without even trying to find out what was going on. There's a part of me that was like just sort of tainted by the scam artists. And I, I, and I felt like the Spirit of the Lord is saying, turn around, go back, go back. You have the resources. This is Christmas Eve, Brian. Come on. And so at the next exit, we turned around, we came back. And I looked for this family and I missed them. And we got back on the highway. And so for the next no kidding, next hour, we were just kind of in silence, feeling like, Lord, you prompted me, but I didn't act. I failed. Now, now let me tell you something about the goodness and the grace of God, that he's constantly testing us, but it's never to put us down. It's always to lift us up. And sometimes we pass the test, and sometimes we fail the test. I failed that test. But God's goodness still prevails, so we're driving and driving, and it's about 4 o'clock in the morning now. We're just getting into Atlanta. And then all of a sudden, on this highway, we just see blue lights going everywhere. Blue lights, blue lights, blue lights, police cars. There must have been at least 20 police cars pulling onto the highway. And as we came around there, we saw a car flipped upside down. And, and, and I, I pray, pray, pray there was a miracle in this family. But I, from a natural perspective, I was like, they've just lost somebody on Christmas. But then both Matthew and I started thinking and saying, what if we had not turned around and gone back? This 
just happened because the highway had not backed up yet. It, was, it had just happened. We could have been in that accident. I don't know what was happening. We went past it, Adam, but, but I'm just saying to, this to say, we were prompted to go back, and the grace of God said, I'm protecting you. So when God prompts, we act on it. And, and, and I, I don't want to get too much in this, because it's not about me at all. It's about the goodness of God. But I prayed and said, God, give us another opportunity. And there was another time where we were pulling off the highway, and it was dark, and the, the, the only thing was lit was, were the gas pumps. And God gave me an opportunity to bless another person and to fill their tank and to, to speak Jesus to them. And they needed Jesus. So, 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 so God is a redeemer. But I'm, what I, I'm saying to you, just as these shepherds had to respond When God prompts you, act. That's part of the receiving process. You got to act on what God is saying. And and again, sometimes you might not get it right. But God is good. God is good. Amen. Amen. You move on it. When they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. And so this message of Christmas, that God came and lived among us, I'm saying this to you, child of God, if you've known this message, just like these shepherds, God discloses something to you, speak it. Speak of it. Tell people about it. Don't be ashamed to do so. And I know sometimes because, again, there's this stereotype of the Christian as, you know, the the type of person who's judgmental or, or just always angry and... There is that stereotype, and every stereotype has, has reality in it. There are people like that, but for you and me, if we believe this gospel to be true, and, somebody has, and God has revealed it to you, he's disclosed that God came to this world. He lived among us, and he lived to die, to cover our sins. He rose from the dead on the third day. And then you know your life has been changed as a result of it. That the person that you were a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, ten years ago, is not the person you are now. I like to say this all the time. You know, I've been in Christ over 30 years. And it's a weird thing because I think of that person in their 20s that I share memories with. But isn't me because God has changed me. So we tell people. And I know another part of the reason we don't because sometimes we feel like, who am I to do this? I'm not a preacher. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a... We come with all kinds of excuses. But these shepherds were nobodies. But they didn't care. They're like, I'm going to tell this good news. Wherever we go, we're going to tell this news. They, there was an excitement about them that said, I cannot keep this to myself. I cannot keep it to myself. And, and I pray even... Here it is, Christmas Eve, that you have opportunity. I hope that this word prompts you, that you act on it, because you don't want to be just hearers of the word. You want to be doers of the word. That this word prompts you to say, I'm going to act on this. I'm going to tell somebody today about Jesus. I'm going to tell somebody that he's a good God, that he loves you, that he loved you so much he came to this world to live for you and to die for you. And so they, they, they spoke of it, and, and, and that's one of the reasons that we as we receive this good news, we, we pass it on. We don't keep it to ourselves. We don't keep it to ourselves. Somebody once said that, that, that God, to show that he's no respecter of persons, he, he, he revealed this great mystery of, of God becoming flesh to the shepherds and then later to the magi, the wise men. 
And, and think about the, the contrast there. There's, the one is poor, the, the other rich. The one learned, the other unlearned. The, the one Jews, the other Gentiles. The one near, the one far off. And so it says to, to all of us, no matter where we are, that we can proclaim this good news. Don't, don't wait until you get your seminary degree. <laughs> right? I'm saying right now where you are, speak of it boldly. Don't be afraid. I, I just love verse 19. Now listen, I'm going to go back to 18 for a second. You know, they, 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 they'd seen him, they spread the word, and all who heard were amazed at what the shepherd said. And then verse 19, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. You know, that word but, it's to show contrast. Now, now don't get me wrong. There's, there's something very, very special about an excitement for Jesus. And they were excited. But, but, but excitement is an emotion. And pondering is, is a practice. Ha, ha, ha. To ponder, Adam, is to stop and to think about these things, to, to really uh, delve into it, to, to really say what just happened, and, and not just to leave it at the, the moment, but just to keep thinking on it, to keep thinking on it. And, and it said Mary treasured this, and she pondered, what is this all about? And too many of us, I think, are just waiting for the, the, the circumstance, the exciting moment, something to excite us for a, a, a period. But, but, you know, the blessedness of, of this practice of pondering is that it enables us, it, it empowers us to receive, not just at those moments of excitement, but, or those moments of Perhaps God gives you a deep revelation, shows you something in the scriptures. You go, wow, that's exciting. But as you ponder it, I think it enables us to, to, to receive continually. To continue, to perpetually just receive what God has for you. I, I don't have to wait for Christmas to ponder the reality that God became flesh. I, I don't have to wait for a church service to hear a word from the pastor before I start going... This great gospel is transformative. We ponder, we think on these things. And so this practice of pondering, I want to say to you, church, let's make this our daily practice. Mary again, you know, December 8th of this year, Marie and I went to go see Dave Cause and friends at, on their Christmas tour. It's, it's the longest-running jazz-based Christmas tour. And, and uh, one of my favorite art, artists, Jonathan Butler, was singing. He sang these words that we're all familiar with. Did you, Mary, did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? When you kiss your little baby, you kiss the face of God. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day rule the nations did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect lamb? That sleeping child you're holding is the great I am. I mean, oh goodness, I'm getting all kinds of goosebumps right now. Can you imagine you're holding that child and then recognizing this child that came from my womb created me? This is the creator. One of Dave Carr's friends 
Marcus Anderson, a, a trumpeter, he comes up right after they sing, and he's, his response is, Mary, I guess you know now. <laughs> she knows now, you know, but she pondered these things. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. That's a natural response. And as we receive these great revelations from God and he pours out blessing on us, our response is to praise him for it. God has been good to you, my brothers and sisters. He has blessed you abundantly. Even if you're going through difficulty and hardship now, I'm telling you, God's blessing is upon you. The very fact that you're here hearing this word is a blessing. I'm not saying it because it's me, but I'm saying it because it's God's word. That we can have life and breath and wake up. And ponder is a blessing. And so the natural response to that is to praise God and not to hold back. And this ought to be the, the, the life pattern of the believer that as God blesses, we, we praise him. Lord Jesus, you have been highly exalted by God and given a name which is above every name. That at your name, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that you are Lord to the glory of God the Father. You're the blessed and only sovereign. He's the, the King of kings and he is the Lord of lords. If you don't know how to worship, just go to the Psalms. It'll help us out. It, it speaks of words that, that in everyday language we don't use, but to, to know what it means to, to exalt God, to magnify him, to glorify him. If I don't have the words, I'm going to use those words. You know what it means to magnify? To make bigger. And for too many of us, we've made God small. It's become ordinary for us. But when we start to see God in his glory, we have to, there's nothing that we can do but to, to praise him. Now, you know, I, I'm so thankful for Joel and the, the, the team he leads and all that lead us in worship. And there's an, an important part of, uh, you know, corporate praise and worship. But so is that personal praise and worship. God wants to hear your voice. We were talking about this the past Tuesday in our life group that, you know, not all of us to the human ear has the most beautiful sound, but, but if it comes from a heart of praise to God, it's like Mario Lanza. <laughs> it's the most beautiful thing. And so give God praise. Make that a practice. The Bible says that, that God inhabits or he, he enthrones the praises of his people. And so, so when you, you magnify God, when you, you sing of his wondrous works from, from creation to the cross and into eternity, you invite him into your life. You're saying, God, I want you. I'm receiving you. I'm receiving you. It, it honors his greatness and it focuses your mind on him and no matter what the season you're in whether it's Christmas, where it's a season of difficulty and hardship, no matter what the season. Will you receive him? And I'm speaking here mostly to those who have already received him, but it's not a one-time event. Did you know that? You know, sometimes we think of receiving Jesus as, you know, for me, April 24th, 1988, right at 1 p.m. when I said, Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my God. Be my Savior. I, I received him, but I'm receiving him now. I'm receiving him tomorrow. I want to receive him all my life. 
The, the, the words of Paul in Philippians always perplex me. At the end of his ministry, when he is approaching the end of his life, he says these words, I want to know Christ. And I read it and go, Paul, surely you know him. And I'm, I would imagine most of us here would say, I know him, but is there something in your heart that says, I want to know him. I want to know him. I want to receive more, that I can give more. It is more blessed to give, but I got to receive first. <laughs> and maybe, maybe you've never received, and maybe the starting point is just to say for the first time, Jesus, I'm yours. I, I receive you for that first time. I believe that you didn't just come as a baby, but you came to die for my sins. And you've given me the greatest gift of all for Christmas, your son. And I want to give you back the best I can give, which is my life. And I do say that to each and every one of us. Will you give him your life today? Well, what is it that you're holding back? Is, there, is it your workspace? Is, is it a, a relationship? Is it your, your extracurricular activities, your, the things that you, you enjoy for sports? Can you give it all to him? That you might receive it all from him. It's true. It is true. I'm going to go to God in prayer. And my prayer for each one of us is that we receive him this Christmas. And that we give him this Christmas. And if you have any questions about this, please see one of us afterwards. We'd just love to help you take that next step. You could also mark that in your communication cards, and we will make sure that we get back with you. But we're so very, very glad that you've chosen to, to enjoy this Christmas celebration with us. We hope that you can come back tonight as we sing carols and have a candlelight service together and just bring in the, the Christmas. Uh, we're so glad that you're with us today. And so, Jesus, thank you for giving us yourself. God, I pray now for each one of us that we would receive you. That we receive you and not hold back. And that we put aside all pride, everything that would restrict us. I pray right now that we'd hear that prompting, receive him. We'd act on that prompting. And that, Lord, our lives would be yours because you gave us your life. Bless us this Christmas. May this be the best Christmas for each and every one of us. May we enjoy the, the giving and the receiving of gifts. But thank you for the very best gift of all, your son, our beloved Lord Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.